into the kingdom of God. So far. The theme for this morning, being born again. Three thoughts. In the first place, why we need it. Is it that bad that we need to be born again? That's quite something. Really? Why do we need that? Secondly, what is it? What happens? In the third place, what it does to people. How they change. Being born again. Why we need it. What it is. And what it does. Congregation, you read in the Bible, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee. Pharisees are a sect, a religious sect in Israel those days. Kind of modern people compared to the Sadducees. But very strict. Very knowledgeable. Very perfectionistic. Give you one strange example, but it's, it's real. Women were not supposed to look into the mirror on the Sabbath day. On the Sabbath day, don't look into the mirror, women. Because you might see a gray hair. You might be tempted to take it out. And that is work on the Sabbath day. You may not believe it, but that's how they were operating. So detailed. What was allowed, what was not allowed. So religious. And they were right in many things. But they externalized, they externalized religion to rules and laws and obedience and things you're supposed to do and to say and to think. The heart was not in there. was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. It's not so important, his name, but let me just mention the meaning of it. Nico, Nike, Nike means victory, right? And Demos is people. Think of democracy. So victor of the people. A victor among the people. Quite a name. It was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The Romans were in charge of the country politically, and they belonged, they, they had the government. But they also had given freedom, religious freedom, to the Sanhedrin. A council of 70 people. And they could rule Israel in religious ways. They allowed them to do that. So there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, a member of the Sanhedrin. The same came to Jesus. That's something. Such a ruler of the Jews, he was, by the way, also a teacher. A teacher of the law. He knew the, he knew the Bible so well all the ins and outs. He was a professor in theology, we would say. 
He was teaching others. He was a rabbi himself. And the same came to Jesus. He was interested in Jesus. Some more people are interested in Jesus. They don't know. They're curious. He was also curious. wanted to know. And he came to Jesus by night. In the evening. And we don't know why. We may guess. I will give you three options. But we don't know. Maybe he was afraid that he would be seen with Christ, with Jesus. He was afraid of his reputation. He thought, you know, let me just go at night in the dark. And nobody can see me. No, nobody will talk to me and comment on me and say, Have you know, do you know that? Nicodemus went to Jesus and he wants to hear him. And he's attending his services. No, no, let nobody know. Was there a reason? Or was the Lord Jesus too busy during the day? And do you think I go at night and he has more time and I have more opportunity to talk a little longer to him? Or was he busy himself during the day? We don't know. The Holy Spirit has not told us why. But apparently he has a real desire. He wants to talk to him. If it is not in the day, then at least at night, he has to talk to him. He wants to. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi. He highly esteemed him. He was a teacher of the law himself. But he looked up, he revealed him, Rabbi. He said, Rabbi to Jesus, Master. So there was a kind of a conviction, an impression in his heart of who the Lord Jesus was. He was not only curious, also had a kind of a hunger to know more about him. Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, he said. We know that. We. I'm not the only one. We know that thou art a teacher come from God. He is flattering. He is praising the Lord Jesus. He is expressing respect for him. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. So God is with him. He knows that. He believes that God is with him. He was not phony, not fake. So, how would the Lord Jesus respond to that? Will he say, well, thank you for your comment. I like that. Yes, I am the rabbi. Yes, I am come from God. Yes, I can do those miracles. You are so right. Just, would you like to know more? I can tell you more. Just join me. No. Lord Jesus did something that he often did. He just gave him a very straightforward answer, kind of almost a blow. Like the Lord Jesus did to that woman of Samaria, 
who want to also drink of the water. And Lord Jesus said, get your husband. Right? So right to the heart. And so the Lord Jesus also here answers. Jesus answered, although there was no question asked. But he responded, he answered, and said unto him, Amen, Amen. Translate with verily, verily. I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So apparently he was thinking of the kingdom, right? And he was sure that he would someday enter into the kingdom. Those Pharisees and Jews thought a lot about God's kingdom and going there and inheriting it and entering in there and seeing the things in the kingdom. He was, he was counting on that. And the Lord Jesus said, you can be nice, you can flatter, you can talk well, and, but you have to be born again. Otherwise, you won't see Nicodemus, you won't see the kingdom. Shocking. A shocking message. A bad message, you may think. Not a good message, not an uplifting message. Something that puts him down. Only if you're born again. Otherwise, no. You won't enter into the kingdom of God. So you need something that you may not have yet. You need to be born again. And Nicodemus is probably used to those metaphors. But he cannot take this that well. He also doesn't understand that well. So he answers in verse 4, Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? That is just so strange. He does not, he resists that thought. He may understand that this is a metaphor, but he does not appreciate it. So he just comes back this way. How can someone be born again? Back into your mother's belly? Be born again the same way? That's impossible. That is strange. But the Lord Jesus does not let go. And uh, uh, verse 5 again says, Verily, verily, I am not telling you a lie. This is not unimportant. This is exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Amen, amen at the beginning of the sentence, three times in the chapter. Don't forget this, don't forget this. Keep it in your mind, keep it in your mind. I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So he must be born of water and of spirit. What is that? 
I know that there is a spiritual baptism, right? With the spirit, what is meant with water? Some state that this is baptism. Can be. Can be that baptism is so important for the salvation of sinners. You can also be saved without baptism. So that's not, not what it means. Except by water and of the Spirit. So we need to find out from the context what it means. To be born of water. What do you think it could be? Well, it is explained in the next verse. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So being born of water is the same as being born of the flesh. Being born of the flesh means a natural birth. And does the water not break first when babies are born? That's the natural birth. So we need to be born in the normal way. We need to be born, born of the flesh, is flesh, and that is born of the spirit, is spirit. So we do not only need to be born a first time, but also a second time in a spiritual way. Marvel now that I said unto thee, you must be born again. It's a must. It's not another option. It's not a bonus. It's not an extra. It is necessary. Right? That was the first thought. Necessary. You must be born again. The wind blows, blow where it listeth, where it wills. Though he is the sounder of it, can't not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit needs to come and gives you to be born. Born again. It's interesting words from the Bible. The word again. The Greek word is anophen. And anophen is often uh, uh, translated as from above. So to be born again is the same as being born from above, from the Lord, from the Spirit, from the other side, not in a natural way, but in a spiritual way. In a heavenly way, in a divine way. So people are born again from God. It's, it's the Lord's work, it says. It's not our work, it is the Lord doing it Himself alone. So that is necessary. Why necessary? Why do we need it? Well, we need to be pricked in the heart, right? We need to be confounded with sin. So the Lord Jesus was not only giving a shocking message to Nicodemus 
also to the woman at the well, and also to the people that had crucified the Lord Jesus, and then that are listening to the teaching of Stephen, you always resist the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, your fathers like you. It is also necessary because of our condition. We need faith. We need sorrow. We need a holy life. But we also need to be born again. You just think about that. Then you conclude that repentance and believing and changing your behavior is not enough. You need a new heart. You need a new spirit. You need to be born again. You need something major, something absolutely important that just changes and makes all the difference in the world. Why is, why is that? Well, it is because we are by nature dead. That's the background. We need to be born again because there's no life. There's no life in us by nature. We are dead in sins. Is the Apostle Paul not talking about that? In Ephesians 2. And you have seen quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Therein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. Think of a very ill person in the hospital. He, she lays on his back, cannot sit up, cannot move his legs, cannot turn over, needs to be lifted out of the bed, needs to be lowered into a wheelchair. The person is very weak, maybe incapacitated, maybe confused. Horrible. Someone's so ill, maybe can hardly breathe, maybe close to death. Is that a good example of our natural state for the Lord. He's so sick and so weak and so confused. No. It is not like that. 
that he fell in paradise. He did not fall sick. He did not fall confused only. We fell dead. We killed ourselves. There is no life in us by nature at all. Nothing. There's no life. No ability. No willingness. Nothing. No interest. Dead in sins. No heartbeat in a spiritual sense. Way worse than being confused. So a wonder needs to happen. Because by nature we are dry bones, according to Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. Ezekiel was placed in the valley, and he saw bones all over the place. And he caused me to pass by them round about. He was big a circle. And behold, there were many, very many in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. That's our state by nature. Very dry. Uncircumcised. In hearts and ears. We do always resist the Holy Ghost, as your fathers did, so do ye. Or think of Isaiah 48, about the state of death. Because I knew that thou art obstinate, and thy neck is an iron sinew, and thy broad brass. Yea, though thou heardest not, yea, thou knewest not, Yea, from that time that an eve was not opened, for I knew that thou wouldest deal very treacherously and was called a transgressor from the womb. A state of death. And there is no excuse that people cannot be responsible, you would think, Do we realize that this is bad? But let me warn you. Some state that as long as there's some spiritual emotion, but you sometimes cry in church, some have bad eyes, some are just feeling it, the mess in your stomach. But you are so concerned. Some say that is always the consequence of the work of the Holy Spirit. So that you don't feel so cold, right? You feel warm and interested. But you know, it is possible that someone is dead and yet emotional. It's possible that someone is interested somehow and not alive. Because there is also a common work of the Holy Spirit, right? Like that field of the pebble of the sower. 
But the seed was boring up in the thin layer of topsoil, and it came up immediately, or what did it refer to? To them that received the word with joy. But there was no depth. So you may be happy with a few tears, and happy with some emotion, and happy with something that you just pray with seriousness in your heart. But you need to be born again. That's different. We need more than being tender. We need a new heart. We need a new will. Because the will is dead. Your emotions are not dead. Your feelings are not dead. But your will is dead. So you get all the emotions and you know better and you feel sometimes jealous of God's people. But you don't want it. Now you want it, but you want to serve two masters. You don't want it unconditionally at all. And that's our state of death. By nature, separating ourselves from God. Therefore they say unto God, Depart from us, for we desire not the knowledge of thy ways. And when that love is missing, then we cannot enter into the kingdom of God. We all have desires for pleasure, for joy, for fulfillment and gratification. By nature, we seek all that outside of God. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. See? We need it. Secondly, what is it? Well, I'll can the door say a few words about that. It is a supernatural work. Most powerful. And at the same time, most delightful. Astonishing. Mysterious. Ineffable. Not inferior in efficacy to creation and the resurrection. Let us go over that. Supernatural. The regeneration, the new earth, cannot happen by nature. We cannot do anything about it. It is supernatural. It is a spiritual work. Only God can do it. It's a miracle, right? Supernatural. It is not something that you can put your hands, your fingers on, just explain. It is different. Nothing short of a miracle. We cannot understand it either. It is supernatural. 
but it's also most powerful. Yes, it requires power to change people's will. That's not something you can do so easily. But the Lord can. He is able to change people completely around. You say, how in the world is that possible? That people change so dramatically. That is a supernatural, most powerful work of the Holy Spirit. He makes people genuinely long for him and begin to hate sin from the heart because they receive a new heart. It is most delightful. God delights in it. The angels sing about it. But also yourself. And it gives you a new heart. You cry and you long and you lament and you seek, but it is so much better than the whole world together. You delight in that. Something real. It is astonishing, as we did not expect this. It is a divine work. It is mysterious. We don't understand gravity. We don't understand light. We know how gravity works. We can measure gravity. We can do things with light. We still don't know what is light. We still don't know what is gravity. Also, scientists, they measure it, but they don't know what it is. And this is even more spiritual. This This is really spiritual, mysterious. We can measure it. We can see it. We don't know what it causes. It is ineffable. So it means that it never fails. When the Lord begins to renew a heart, when he renews a heart, that person cannot stop it. The Lord is never unsuccessful. The the Lord has never said, I I tried to make the person alive, but it didn't work. When he decides to make a person alive, he will be alive. It's the one-sided work of the Lord. Mysterious, ineffable. And how many people, the born again, make it to heaven? 100%. No fallout. No falling away at all. It is not inferior to creation and resurrection. So when you compare new birth to the creation in six days and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus from the grave, it is not any less than that. It is comparable. The wind blows and goes here and there. You cannot influence the wind either. Can you stop the wind? So that is the work of the Holy Spirit to change people. And there's nothing in between the state of death and the state of life. In this morning hour when we are listening here, you are 
completely spiritual death or are you completely alive? There's nothing in between. It's in or out. It's for your own account or not. Are your sins then forgiven or nothing is forgiven? Sometimes you can predict things to happen. In the early morning, see the light coming over the mountains. You see, oh, within 50 minutes, you will see the first part of the sun coming over the mountains. So you see it coming. With regeneration, no. You don't see it coming. It just comes. Suddenly, it's there. Maybe not your experience, but from God's side. The Lord knows that person is alive. The person has been quickened from the dead. It's immediate. So the experience afterwards can be quite different. For some it seems to go slow, and for some it seems to go faster. But from the Lord's perspective... It is there, or it's not. This, re- this regeneration was promised to the elect. Jeremiah 31. For this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts and raise it in their hearts and will be their God. And they shall be my people. It's the Lord doing it and promising it. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. You shall keep my judgment and do them. See? And that regeneration was Christ's objective. That was the reason why the Lord Jesus came, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from our iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. Purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. So the Lord pushes that, works that. Now, as I said, it's there or it's not. But here there are at least five different ways how people experience it. Wilhelm is a brackle in the book Reasonable services give you something like that. So I simplify that for you. And there is overlap as well. So some of those conversions, that's the same as receiving a new heart, same as being born again in that moment, for some that goes also in the experience. Very quick. Quick conversions. 
for all this very dramatic, for all this evangelical, for all this being in a quiet way, and all this in a gradual way. Let me explain that. Quick conversions are some people very quickly converted and, and do they know that within a few weeks or months and there was nothing and within a couple of weeks they, they, they know something of Jesus and salvation already? Well, that happens. Right? Like with the jailer and Zacchaeus. So sometimes it goes unexpectedly fast. So there was one point of regeneration, and then things develop very fast. For others, that, that point and what happened after was dramatic. Think of the Apostle Paul on his way to Damascus as an enemy of God, hating the Christians and delivering them into the prison and killing them, threatening them. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He saw light and was blind and could not eat. Very dramatic. Sometimes when the Lord gives that new birth, dramatic things develop and it becomes so unusual, extraordinary. Some after that initial point that the Lord begins receiving evangelical conversion. Like Lydia. The Lord opened her heart that she paid attention to the words of the Apostle Paul. And very gentle. For some, it goes in a very quiet way. Maybe with Nathaniel, very quiet way. Not very high heights, not, not very deep depth, but it's real. It's real. And those Christians are most of the time the most stable Christians. Most stable, not this, those high heights and those deep depth, but they, they, they're ups and downs as well. Not so deep as others, and not so high as others. Also, depending upon the character, I suppose. And others, that's the most common way our fathers have said. In a gradual way. With many ups and downs, like Abraham. Many temptations and falling back and receiving courage and Continue on again. So let me try to describe that. How it goes when the Lord takes his common way, his gradual way. First, there are some common impressions. And they don't change that. But then the Lord comes and stops them and they come to the serious conclusion 
that they are sinners, that they miss the Lord and cannot change that at all. And they feel this without God in the world. And they realize it is hopeless. And there's nothing anyone can do about it. I have angered the Lord. They come more and more to the conclusion that they are hopeless cases. And they try to move God with their good works. And the tears, and the prayers, and they read sermons. And they don't leave their place empty anymore in church. And they begin to really seek and seek the Lord. And they try to cry, and they try to be encouraged, and they try to find the text that touches them. But they conclude finally that they deserve God's wrath. And they feel hatred and coldness, and they are too old and too stubborn, and all different reasons why they should lose courage. And voices that tell them that they're probably not an elect, and they come to the conclusion that the situation is hopeless. Hopeless. There is despair. They begin to see that satisfaction is necessary. The son has to pay, and they can't pay. But then they begin to notice the Savior in the mind. Is a savior. They haven't seen that before. They knew it, but they had not seen before. Someone becomes suitable, and there's a law in their heart to have him, to seek him. And sometimes there's courage, sometimes they hope upon the word of the living God. And again, they begin to work hard for the Lord. And they like reading and praying, and yet this is a dead-end way as well. See, gradually, it doesn't come that easily. They were at one point made alive, but then there's a process in their experiences. But then they begin to hear the gospel. Come. And to me, ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's music they've never heard before. So precious. They begin to yearn for him, for the Savior. They would like their feet to come to him and hands to receive him. They wait upon him. Sometimes they receive more liberty. Sometimes they surrender to him or give themselves over unto him. And they touch the hem of the garment, and they find peace in him. And they see something of him being the prophet, and uh, having the words of eternal life. But they may not know so much yet of the death of Christ. And the Lord takes his time to teach them that. That with all their encouragements, they yet cannot die. They need someone to die for them. See? And yet the old man is alive. And yet the old man fights back. 
and makes it so difficult for them. So what happens? The Lord makes alive. 1 Peter 1. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So by the word it happens. Brings to the third thought what it does. What happens? We talked about already before. Let me summarize it, give some more details. You know, sometimes you could laugh, they would say, your head off about things. You could have such a joy, and it was such so much fun. And then the Lord changes you. You may still like things. You, you can't laugh about it so hard anymore. Your interest is different. Your joy is different. You laugh about other things. You enjoy other things. You never enjoyed before. There were things that made you very sad in the past. And now other things that make you feel sad. So your emotions are changing. Your desires are changing. Your will is changing. Your commitment is changing. You are changing. It's a change of heart. And as I said before, it's everything or nothing. It's alive or death. And yet, after that initial moment of making people alive, there is also a process. The Belgian Confession calls that also regeneration. So this regeneration in the narrow sense, it is making alive, one point, and after that is sanctification, sometimes also called the process following of regeneration. But how necessary it is to come to the door. Because you can't enter to the kingdom of God except you're born again. And you also need to know something of Jesus. He is the door, right? We need to enter in through him, not through the back door. And what will it be? To stand before that door of the kingdom of God when you die. And if he would not let you in. If you would say, I like to see it. And the voice says, I don't know you. You that work iniquity. So are we regenerated? Let me just tell you an allegory. Simple allegory. I found that in one of the books of Brackle, and I made it more contemporary, so you understand it. There's a group of travelers in a third world country, in Nigeria, or in Haiti, or in Bolivia. A group of people walking on the street in a rural area on their way to a meeting. 
Among the missionaries is saying, let us not take this route. This is a dangerous piece of road with many robbers and criminals. So many have been robbed. Let us not, not, not go that, that way. Let's go that way. And some of that group, you know, maybe people that are not used to the mission field, some, they laugh. And they say nonsense. We continue. And some don't even hear it. They just keep talking, talking, they don't even hear the concerns. And some say, oh, we should go back. And they go back. But after a few minutes, they say, well, maybe it's not that bad. So they turn again. And others go back. Take the other out. And they're the only ones that arrive. They've never seen those others anymore. See? So what category do you belong in? That you just don't hear it? You must be born again? Or you just laugh it off? Or you just go back a little bit and then the other way a little bit? Maybe you could turn again and turn again? Or do you belong to them with that choice of heart? Work with the Holy Spirit. And yes, you still have it, all man, but you also love to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You are convicted that you were not created as a sinner. You're convicted you're made in God's image. You're convicted that you have sinned against the holy and good and God. But you also know something of the Lord Jesus Christ and you have seen him in the earth with the eyes of faith. Oh, that is what we are in need of. Those changes of heart. When the Lord changes, then you um, deal differently with your spouse, with your parents, with your children, with your teachers, with your neighbors, with your colleagues, your employers, your employees, family, friends, church. You become a different type of person. You begin to handle money, time, and gifts in a different way. You are really a different person when the Lord gives you that life. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. See? Now, in closing, the emphasis this morning was on the work of God, right? So, next Sunday, how to preach 
a different piece from John 3, with a different emphasis. But let me close with a surprising text from Ezekiel. We know that regeneration is the work of the Spirit, not our work. We cannot give ourselves a new heart. We cannot change our own life. And yet, you read this in closing. Ezekiel 18, verse 31. Cast away from you all your transgressions, whereby ye have transgressed, and make you a new heart and a new spirit. For why will ye die, O house of Israel? So that's all so true, right? So cast away from you all your transgressions. Stop it. Break with it. Repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're just so stuck into sin. Listen to this word. Cast away from you all your transgressions. And we cannot do it ourselves, I know. But yet the Lord lays this also on us. Make yourself a new heart and a new spirit. Don't sit back. Don't sit out and just pray for it. Just use the means. Just go to church. That's all I can do. It is more serious than that. Seek the Lord and live. Nevertheless, you need to be born again. It is not sufficiently somewhat religious. Amen.